Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. From all of us at Watchmen on the Wall and Southwest Radio Ministries, Happy Thanksgiving! Today, Staff Evangelist Josh Davis is here, ready to share a special Thanksgiving Day message. Friends, if you have a prayer need, would you let us pray for you? We consider it an honor to pray with you. Prayer requests come in from all over the country through the mail, on the phone, and now through a special email address, prayer at swrc.com. That's prayer at swrc.com. Or you can always just give us a call, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Now, here is Staff Evangelist Josh Davis. On behalf of all the staff at Southwest Radio Ministries, I want to express our thanksgiving to the Lord and to you, dear friends. And I want to wish you and yours a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving Day. On today's program, I want to share with you some of the ways that the Lord's Supper can teach us lessons about Thanksgiving. And I also want to share some practical tips with you and helping you to understand how to celebrate Thanksgiving and why thankfulness can truly change our lives every single day. I'll share these truths with you from Scripture and some practical tips to help you live out the Word of God. So again, I'll thank you for joining me, and let me once again say thank you, friends. Thank you for your partnership with us in ministry. As the calendar will soon turn over to 2024, if the Lord delays His coming, we are looking forward to even greater victories. So we're thankful to God first and foremost, but we're also thankful for you, dear friends, who partner with us in this ministry. May God bless you on this special Thanksgiving day. Now, before we let the kids dive headfirst into the bowl of mashed potatoes and gravy at the Thanksgiving table, a lot of Christian families will pause to give God thanks. We thank Him for the food, we pray over it, we bless it. Some people refer to this mealtime prayer as saying grace. Is that something that you say in your household? But what if we took it a step further? Instead of just simply saying grace, we showed grace at our Thanksgiving meal. I'm not just talking about letting Uncle Ed have the first shot at the turkey and the stuffing ahead of you in line, but I'm talking about being selfless. And it is a start in the right direction. Yes, it is. But what I'm really talking about is showing grace and imitating Jesus so that others see his love through us. This kind of Thanksgiving treat would be better than eating half a pumpkin pie or maybe even a whole pumpkin pie. How can we show this kind of grace to our loved ones this Thanksgiving? You know, imagine this scenario begins to unfold in your home. Your family has its share of disagreements over the years, like all families do, but you feel there's a real chance for unity this year. You You really feel like this is going to be a great year, a great Thanksgiving, it may be a breakthrough, maybe unity coming back together with some family members. So you decide to open your home to your relatives, and you're just so excited to celebrate a wonderful Thanksgiving together with the whole family. It's going to be the perfect day. It's going to be awesome. You are just so excited about this day, and you're so excited that you spent all week cleaning the house. It's glistening. It's gleaming. It's beautiful. 
You've spent a lot of hard-earned money to purchase all the ingredients that you're going to need to feed a house full of guests. Everybody has their favorites. They've put in their wish list. There's a cousin who's saying, hey, you're making that recipe, that famous green bean casserole, aren't you? And your brother-in-law is saying, now, let me tell you what you need to do to get that turkey just a little bit moister this year. You know, you can do a little bit more preparation and and why don't you adjust the temperature down just slightly? I think that will help you to get it just perfect this year. And the kids are piping up begging, oh, you know that great dessert that you made? And what about grandma's handmade pies? Don't we still have those recipes around here somewhere? Oh man, this is going to be wonderful. This is going to be great. We can't wait. So everybody's putting in their requests, their requests, their requests. So you're planning, you're preparing, you're working, 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 trying to make sure everything is perfect. You get the best dinnerware that you have and set it out. You've got these special napkins that you only pull out at Thanksgiving and you press them. They're perfect. You set the food on your heirloom walnut dining table. It just looks a whole lot better than the Norman Rockwell painting. And you've been so focused on the ever-demanding pots and pans that you've just realize that everybody's starting to come into your house. And since they're family, they just make themselves at home. You take a quick break to greet everybody. Say, hey, welcome. We're so glad to see you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. As you're making those greetings, you discover that some little rascal has tracked mud all over your clean floors. And as you begin to solve that problem by quietly just wiping up the floor, cleaning up the mess, out of the corner of your ear, you can hear some family starting to argue over some silly little squabbles. They're not fussing about the food. They're not fussing about the house. They're not fussing about traffic. They're not fussing about the weather. They're stirring up some old disagreements that they had years ago. As the arguments continue to build, continue to intensify, you're afraid there's about to be more tackling in your living room and there would be on the football field this Thanksgiving day. Your plans for this postcard perfect Thanksgiving dinner that is so noteworthy that it'll be remembered in the lore of your family forever. And people will look back at the Thanksgiving Day memories on social media and the pictures, and they'll say, this was the perfect Thanksgiving. That's what you were trying to create. But it's all falling apart right before your eyes. It's disintegrating into a million small little pieces through no fault of your own. You've done everything you can to make this day as perfect as possible, and yet selfishness is taking away your appetite. It puts a bitter taste in your mouth. You breathe the silent prayer and you ask God, God, help me to handle the situation the right way. Help me to handle this in the proper way. Jesus knows exactly how you feel. Did this happen on Thanksgiving to Jesus? No, because we know that Thanksgiving, of course, is an American holiday. But Luke twenty-two fourteen to 16 tells us, quote, And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Jesus eagerly anticipated this Passover meal with his disciples because he knew it was the last until he comes again. He found the room 
He sent two of his disciples, Peter and John, to prepare it. And as they observed the Passover by worshiping God, Jesus instituted what we call the Lord's Supper. He took the bread as a symbol of his body. He broke it. He gave it to them. And as we say, and as is often inscribed on communion tables, remembrance tables, this do in remembrance of me. Those beautiful words that are still touching to the hearts of Christians and to the church of the living God. He took the bread and he also took the cup as a symbol of his blood that was shed for the sins of the world. So far, this sounds like a powerful moment of worship. And I I love to think about and put my mind into this place of what it must be like to be there before Jesus as he's instituting the Lord's Supper, as this is coming into its very first inauguration right before the cross was to take place. Can you imagine watching Jesus establish this with your own eyes? You know, we would be filled with awe in a moment like that. You talk about a a photo and a picture-perfect moment. That is it, unlike any other. But are we looking back at the cross? Yes, we are. We have that advantage. The twelve disciples couldn't fully grasp what Jesus meant by all of this until after the cross. Often, we lose our perspective on what or who is most important in the heat of the moment. In our sinful nature, we tend to think of ourselves first and others last. That's what began to happen to the disciples, to the twelve that were gathered there with Jesus as he instituted the Lord's Supper in what is often called the Last Supper. I wish I could tell you that the disciples experienced a renewed devotion to Jesus and a great spirit of revival swept through that upper room. But from that point forward, the Last Supper devolved into a selfish squabble. Did you notice what Jesus said in this verse? He said that with great desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And now it's all falling apart at the seams. First, Jesus pointed out that one of them was a betrayer. None of them pointed to Judas Iscariot. None of them had a clue that it was Judas who was the betrayer. They all began to say, Lord, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Judas Iscariot blended in with the twelve, but Jesus knew his real heart. So they all began to ask, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? What happens when they begin asking, is it I? They're turning from a Godward gaze to an inward conflict. And this is really self-centeredness that caused them to start arguing over who was the greatest. So Jesus had to remind them that the greatest of all must be the servant of all. You can read that in Luke chapter 22, verses 25 to 30, and see exactly what Jesus pointed his disciples to understand. But Jesus didn't stop with speaking about showing selfless grace and patience. He laid aside his garments as a leader of the Passover feast. And by the way, just to remind you, when someone was the leader of the Passover feast, they had special garments that they would put on themselves. So Jesus takes off these garments. He put on a servant's apron. And one by one, he washed the disciples' dirty, smelly feet. He put a stop to their arguing by showing them grace in action, by washing those feet. Right before the cross, and 
Some people have said, if you knew that this was your last 24 hours to live, would you wash people's feet? Jesus did. See what Jesus did? Understand what he did? Think of the humility that it took for Jesus to stoop to that level. And I think if anyone had the right to demand that other people serve him, it is Jesus Christ. You know, by this point in his ministry with these men, shouldn't he be the one barking orders at them, demanding they wash his feet? If anyone deserved to be paraded through the town, carried around on their shoulders, it was Jesus. If anyone deserved to have their feet washed, it wasn't Judas Iscariot, it was Jesus. And yet, Jesus washes their feet. Surely that would have put them in their place. Surely that would have humiliated those self-promoting disciples. But grace doesn't humiliate to gain an advantage. And this is the point that we need to understand. Jesus was patient with them, and he had a type of patient grace that was humbly serving without humiliating another. So what Jesus did in washing the feet of the disciples was intended to humble them, not to humiliate them. He wanted to help them, not to shame them. That's the difference that we're talking about here. He wanted to show them how deeply he loved them by serving them, even when they were being self-centered, even when they were being ungrateful, even when they were being inconsiderate. He still showed them love by humbly serving them. He didn't shame them. He wanted to help them. And so this set the stage for Jesus to be able to remind them of a true mark of his disciples. It comes from the Gospel of John chapter 13 as it describes the same event as we're talking about out of Luke chapter 22. Jesus tells them, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. And before I finish that quote, what do you think Jesus is going to say is the defining characteristic of his disciples? Will they be known best because they stood for the truth? Will they be known best because they built a large church, they gained a large following, they spread the gospel far and wide? No. Jesus says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. John 13, 35. This kind of selfless love is the true mark of a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. So friends, even if your postcard perfect family Thanksgiving begins to unravel at the seams this year, please try to find ways to show selfless love, especially to those who don't deserve it. So instead of using your words and actions to humiliate the rightfully guilty party, find ways to point them to Jesus with your actions and with your words. And maybe you have a family gathering with you that you have prayed for for years and you're able to see them at Thanksgiving this year. Perhaps when those plans and preparations begin to fall apart, God will give you an open door to become part of the answer to your own prayers. And it's going to be in how you respond with a selfless, patient love to that person. When you show grace to them, you will also show Jesus to them. Then your life will say grace by showing grace. And friends, again, we are so grateful to you, and we want to wish you and yours a very wonderful Thanksgiving Day. I've got more to come as I want to show you from Scripture how that we can practically live 
thanksgiving out of our lives and the benefits of being thankful people. God has blessed us with so many wonderful blessings. I'm not just talking about materially, but I'm primarily speaking about spiritual blessings that He gives us every single day. And we need to be thankful to Him. And I'm going to share some more with you out of Scripture. But first, let me remind you that as Christmas is right around the corner, tomorrow's Black Friday, Cyber Monday is coming up this Monday, Giving Tuesday is coming up on Tuesday. We encourage you to remember SWRC in your prayers and your partnership. We have set up a special page filled with all kinds of Christmas gifts that you can order for Black Friday or Cyber Monday or Giving Tuesday or whenever you'd like to do that now. And between now and Christmas Day, you can go to swrc.com backslash Christmas 2023. That's swrc.com slash Christmas 2023 and find a lot of wonderful gifts there. You can also go to prophecyinthenews.com and pick up a subscription to our Prophecy in the News magazine where we share a lot of updates on things that are happening in the news and give you a lot of biblical perspective on things that are happening. Tons and tons of great content that'll point you to Jesus Christ, who is the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And you may want to order a gift subscription as a Christmas gift for someone. That'll be a wonderful gift, and you can do that at prophecyinthenews.com. Again, that's prophecyinthenews.com. You can also call us at 1-800-652-1144, 1-800-652-1144. Let's consider some verses that teach us about thanks and the importance of gratitude in our lives as we continue our Thanksgiving Day programming here on Watchmen on the Wall. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, many people wonder, what's God's will for my life? What's God's plan for my life? What does God have for me to do? Why am I still here, some people ask. Is there a plan? Is there a purpose to my life? Well, this verse tells you what God's will is for your life. It's in everything to give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. A thankful heart can truly transform us from the inside out. Oftentimes, these questions of God's will and what does God want for me can be rooted in a heart that is ungrateful and unthankful. A critical spirit, a judgmental spirit, is often rooted in an ungrateful and an unthankful heart. And we need to come face to face with this so that we can develop a heart of thanksgiving. And this verse clearly tells us in everything. Does that mean just in the good things? No. It means in everything give thanks. How can we do that? It's when we remind ourselves of who God is. You see, I think our level of thanksgiving our level of thankfulness is proportional to our view of God. If God is not very important in our life, if, if God is not very big in our thoughts, big in our lives, we're not going to be very thankful people. But I think the most thankful people in the world are people who have a very big God and who have a close relationship with Him. They understand the greatness of God. They understand the vastness of God. And they understand how 
undeservedly we are to receive any good thing. You know, sometimes people ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? I think the better question is, why do good things happen to bad people? What do we deserve from God? We deserve absolutely nothing. We are nothing compared to His greatness and His goodness. And yet He chooses to lavish upon us so many wonderful blessings. I think the more that we meditate on who God is and how great He is, how good He is to us, we can more easily give thanks to Him in everything, so that in everything we're giving thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. A scripture related to that is Ephesians 5, verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things, not just the good things, but the bad things, the hurtful things, the things that we don't understand. The scripture encourages us to give thanks. Remember, God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. He's not going to waste that trial that you're going through. He's not going to waste that difficulty that you're faced with. He has a good end for it, like Romans 8.28 promises us. So we give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.6 is tied to this, a wonderful verse of thanksgiving. Be careful, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Many of us are good at praying prayers, saying, God, help me with this. God, help me with that. God, I need you for this. I need this. I need that. That's prayer, that's supplication, but it says with thanksgiving. If we leave out thanksgiving of our prayers and our requests to God, then we are missing part of the blessing that He has intended for us through the gift of prayer. It's telling us, be anxious for nothing. He wants that thanksgiving to help to absolve the anxiety that we often feel. Again, it gets back to the bigness and the greatness, the goodness of our God. When we have a God who is high and holy, and we begin to thank Him, we begin to praise Him, we begin to worship Him with all that we are, as we express that thanksgiving to Him, our anxiety can be entrusted into His hands. And we can hand over that worry, that fear, that anxiety that we have of the future. You know, on our radio programs, we share a lot of things that can scare people, that can drive us to fear. That's not our intention. We don't want to create fear. We want people's eyes to be open to the reality of the things that's happening around us. We need to be watchmen on the wall who are warning people about what is approaching and how the enemy is trying to encroach into our lives. But our goal, our primary goal in all of that is to inform you, not to scare you, to leave you with more anxiety, more fear. No, that's not our goal on Watchmen on the Wall. It is to help us to understand that God is on the throne and prayer changes things. God is in control. He's got all this in His hands. We don't have to be anxious about it. We don't have to stay up late at night biting our nails down to the quick, saying, what's going to happen? What's God going to do? Is God going to do anything? Is it going to change? Is it going to get any better? No. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
And the very next verse says, And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What a powerful promise that is. Colossians 3.17, Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Thanksgiving is to be incorporated into our daily lives, our daily activities. You know, what if you wrote down something that you're thankful for every single day? How do you think that would change your outlook? How do you think that would change the way that you view this world, that you view your life? If you sit down and write down every single day, I want to thank God today for this. He blessed me with this today. I saw the hand of God in my life, but when He did this, or when He spoke to me through His Word, when I meditated on His Word, and I spent time with Him in prayer, whatever it is, you can think of some very practical ways that you can be involved in that kind of thing. Let me close our time together today by reading a couple verses out of Psalm 95. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His, and He made it. His hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Once again, on behalf of the staff at Southwest Radio Ministries, I want to wish you and yours a very blessed Thanksgiving Day. Thank you, Josh. Copies of this special Thanksgiving Day message are available on CD for you and your family. Simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Friends, we are thankful for you. From this daily program to the conferences and the countless books and films, we couldn't do any of it without you. Your support and prayers mean so much. So on behalf of everyone at Southwest Radio Ministries, thank you. And another thank you goes out to each of you who are spreading the word about Watchmen on the Wall. Inviting others to tune in and listen is extremely important, and it helps introduce Southwest Radio Ministries to new people. So thank you for encouraging and inviting new people to tune in each day. Happy Thanksgiving from Southwest Radio Ministries and Watchmen on the Wall. Friends, if you have a prayer need, would you let us pray for you? We consider it an honor to pray with you. Prayer requests come in from all over the country through the mail, on the phone, and now through a special email address, prayer at swrc.com. That's prayer at swrc.com. Or you can always just give us a call, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Josh Davis will answer Bible prophecy questions about what we see happening in Israel. So be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by downloading our SWRC mobile app. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com.